he has never seen a spiritual hunger among Muslim people like he's seeing now. He said, this is unprecedented. It's like the Holy Spirit just intervenes and, and God helps us. Part of growing in your faith is to be able to read God's Word and learn from God's Word. And they met up and he was introduced to an ISIS fighter who had killed many Christians. What would you do if an ISIS fighter, a murderer of Christians, wanted to meet up with you? You'd probably have lots of questions. What are his intentions? Is his spiritual hunger real? Or is it a trap, an ambush, set to kill yet another Christian? Is the Lord really calling me to go to this meeting? Those questions aren't new. Ananias had some of the same doubts when he was told to go visit a man named Saul in Acts chapter 9. Christians in the Middle East face this dilemma today, and we'll hear what happened when an ISIS fighter arranged a meeting with a Christian worker from YWAM this week on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. My name is Todd Nettleton, and I'm glad that you've chosen to join with us this week on VOM Radio. If you were with us last week, you heard the beginning of our conversation with Gina Fadley and Kevin Sutter about reaching the unreached, sharing the gospel with more than 2 billion people in the world who have never heard the name of Jesus, they have never met a person who is following Jesus Christ, and they're likely to live their whole lives uh, unless something changes without meeting a person like that. Gina and Kevin work with the Frontiers Mission Program for Youth with a Mission, or YWAM. As we were talking with Gina and Kevin about missions and ministry and persecution, I discovered that they had more to say than we could fit on one program, and they've agreed to come back and continue our conversation this week. Gina and Kevin, welcome back to VOM Radio. Thanks. Good to be here. Just a note for our listeners, if you did not hear our conversation last week, I encourage you to visit us online at vomradio.net where you can listen to that conversation with Gina and Kevin, as well as all the other episodes of VOM Radio. Again, that website is vomradio.net. Last week, we talked about the Great Commission and Christ's call to go into all the world and make disciples, and about how YWAM is sending workers out to some of those places where nobody's ever gone, even if it means danger and risk and persecution as we finished up our conversation, we were talking about how sometimes God just steps in and, and really moves and does amazing things. Sometimes even completely separate from any human effort, God just works. And as we start out this week, I, I want to pick up where we left off last week. And Kevin, I know you have some stories of, of times where God just is really stepping in and doing amazing things. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to one of our uh, leaders in the Arab world. He's an Arab himself. And I was asking him about how things are going. And he said, 
he has never seen a spiritual hunger among Muslim people like he's seeing now. He said, this is unprecedented. This has never happened in history. Wow. He said there are gospel programs going out in Arabic uh, throughout the region, uh, radio and television, and there is a huge response. And many people are now uh, following Jesus, but they're, they keep it quiet. They mm -hmm. aren't going public about it. But they even have church in their own home. They're watching TV. They'll serve communion to one another as they're watching TV. He, he said another thing that's happening is um, there is uh, a lot of criticism against uh, some of the teachings of the, not the Quran but the Hadith. Even in secular um, television, they're criticizing these uh, Islamic writings. And uh, wow. he said, this has never happened yeah. before as well. And so it's getting people wondering, uh, well, what do I really believe in what's true, what isn't true, and how do I get to know God? So it's pretty encouraging to hear that. Yeah, it's been really interesting because uh, it's like God knows that for these difficult places, we need a little extra help. <laughs> I don't know why it is, but we do tend to see in the pioneering situation, when we're going into an unreached people, it is not uncommon at all to see the miracles and healings and things that are uh, incomprehensible, that it's like the Holy Spirit just intervenes and, and God helps us. One of these that I've mentioned is uh, dreams. Um, all over, all over the world, amongst Muslim peoples, there is something happening where they are having unusual dreams and that from God. I, I totally believe they're from God. And um, this happened in a notable way in North Africa amongst a um, people group in Algeria where on the same, the same night in the same village, a whole group of men had the same dream about Jesus Christ saying, I am the way, wow. the truth, and the life, and no man <laughs> comes to the Father but by me. And it actually started one of the few movements that we know of in that part of the world. This is happening so commonly that if I am talking with on a plane or something or, or meet with a Muslim person, I will often just ask, have you had any unusual dreams lately? Because it's not that they might say, well, you know, I haven't told anybody this, but, you know, it's just happening that often. One of our uh, YWAM workers in the M Middle East was contacted by a friend uh, earlier this year. And they met up, and he was introduced to an ISIS fighter who had killed uh, many Christians already. I mean, that's a horrible situation. And admittedly, he was probably on guard. Now, yeah, was your how nervous was your worker? I when bet. He's, hey, I this bet. is my buddy. He's from ISIS. I would think yes. he would turn and run. Mm -hmm. Well, the fighter admitted uh, that he had killed Christians and that he had actually enjoyed doing so. Uh, he told this YWAM leader that he had begun having dreams of this man in white who came to him and said, you are killing my people. And he started to feel really sick and uneasy about what he was doing. The fighter said that uh, just before he killed one Christian, the man said, I know you will kill me, but I give to you my Bible. The Christian was killed, and this ISIS fighter actually took the Bible and began to read it. Wow. And then in another dream, Jesus asked him to follow him. 
and he was now asking to become a follower of Christ and to be discipled. So who knows? <laughs> Perhaps this man will be like Saul in the Bible that persecuted Christians, and he turned from that uh, persecution in the early church to become the Apostle Paul who led it. Wow. God can turn it around. God can turn it around, and uh, one of the things I hope that our listeners take out of this story is when you see a report on the news about ISIS, don't write them off as being out of reach of God's grace and out of reach of His Spirit, and uh, pray that God will move and, and more dreams and more visions and more ISIS fighters setting up meetings with YWAM workers to hear about discipleship, and uh, wow, what an amazing yeah. story. We said how God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways, but he also uses, can use, the most despicable sinner as well. As Absolutely. And uh, I was also interested by your, your talking about signs of power and miracles and the very thing that happened in the book of Acts <laughs> to draw people to the message is still happening. I mean, that's that's not a new method for God to work. It's, it's in the Bible if we read it and it's there, and uh, he's still doing that. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Let's talk about partnership, because uh, part of the reason you're here at Voice of the Martyrs is, is to talk about, hey, where can we work together? Where can we help equip each other? What are some of the things that Voice of the Martyrs is doing uh, to come alongside of YWAM Frontier Missions and equip and help and uh, just help reach some of those people who've never been reached before? Yeah, one of the things that's on my mind right now is... Uh a partnership where Voice of the Martyrs is helping to provide radios for a nomadic tribal group in Africa. They aren't regular radios. They're uh, electronic devices that have the gospel, that have scripture, that have Bible stories uh, in their own language that they're able to listen to. And uh, the reason I'm really excited about this is that it, it meets a very real need. There's a wonderful opportunity. We've had YWAM people working with this nomadic tribe since about the year 2000, so that's uh, 15 years now. And um, a lot of time and effort has been invested in uh, living with these people, learning their language, learning their culture, uh, walking with nomads out in the bush with their cows, with their families. Um, helping them to understand who Jesus is, introducing them to Jesus, helping them to uh, grow as new believers, equipping them to start their own little fellowships out in the bush that will reproduce. In other words, making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Obviously, part of growing in your faith is, uh, I mean, for all of us that have our own Bibles, is to be able to read God's Word and learn from God's Word, allow ourselves to bask in God's presence and the Holy Spirit speak to us through His written Word. Well, they don't have the written Word in this particular tribe, but they do have portions in audio, as I just mentioned, And uh, but they don't have access to it. These, these radios, which are probably the best source of uh, the good news for them, uh, 
is uh, the, that costs like $35 or more. Uh, and one of my friends has been able to uh, distribute those to the people he works with out in the bush. And in fact, I, uh, I have a little uh, quote here, something that he uh, sent me an email, and I'd like to read it. This is my friend, uh, YWAM, uh, Frontier Missions worker, who lives among this nomadic tribe. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to change the names here. I'm just going to use a letter for their name. He says, B came to visit me last week. He needed more radios. I gave him another 10. There are many people living around B who are interested in Jesus. One of them is the chief. I forget his name. B says the chief is always listening to his radio. The other day, B heard the chief telling someone about Jesus. I hope that T is able to visit B. By the way, T is uh, one of the guys that he's part of our, uh, he's, he's a YWAM guy, but he's a nomadic tribesman. I hope that T is able to visit B for a week or so within the next month. If this is able to happen, T will be able to help B uh, begin the discipling process of these people. So uh, it's, it's, it's a great uh, progression here. My friend, his first uh, the letter, first letter of his name is S. Okay, so S <laughs> is working with T, who is working with B, who is working with the chief or one of the chiefs. But using these, these uh, radios is a really great uh, resource for them. And S was trying to uh, find ways to get the money to be able to purchase these for uh, the work among this nomadic tribe. And uh, in uh, a recent development with uh, Voice of the Martyrs, uh, we talked about it. And they said, oh, this is the kind of thing we do. We'd That's love exactly to help with what that. we do. And about 10 days ago, I was taking a hike with my friend. He was visiting California. He's back home for a little bit, and uh, we took a hike together, which is the best way to debrief or to talk with a person that works with nomads <laughs> is to go for a nice long hike. So we hiked together, and he was just telling me all the things that are happening, and in the midst of it, he just said, ever since I heard, I think it was maybe six weeks ago, that Voice of the Martyrs will provide as many of these as we need. He said, I can't hardly think of anything else. So he's <laughs> very, very excited about it. He said the nomads don't even know about it yet. We're working on how to make the arrangements. Wow. But we we believe that this is just one practical way where we partner and we can see even greater growth. We've we have lots of willing workers uh within our uh sphere, within our network of both our full time uh YWAM Frontier Missions workers and the hundreds or thousands of local people that they work with. But one thing we lack often is uh, resources like uh, you'll be able to provide yeah. for us. So we're very happy about that. Yes, and I thought it's for distribution of the Word of God. I mean, Voice of the Martyrs values that, and so do we. And so that's a good team fit yeah, for us. There's definitely a good um, partnership there. And how that happens, like the materials, uh, how to distribute that, how to uh, get the machines or radios that will do that, uh, that's a big deal. Our training, uh, Voice of the Martyrs is, is um, going to be so helpful and helpful uh, with our church planters 
They're from the majority of our workers are non-Westerners, and uh, for them to be able to come in and go on a uh, training seminar um, together is just wonderful. So they're bringing people in from many nations uh, to different seminars and for our training. They're helping us um, just get sustainable business platforms or income generation things um, in lots of areas. But one where they where I'm really excited about is when we have persecution and martyrdom. Because when that happens uh, as leaders, we were not a, really equipped to deal with that. We had That was unfamiliar territory to us. And Voice of the Martyrs has years and years of experience in that area. And so they shine. But we had uh, the widow of, of the man who was martyred um, most recently has five children. Um, his widow, I mean, what do we do? And among all of us trying to do what we could, it just seemed so small. And boy, were we glad for this partnership. I am also thankful for this partnership. And to our listeners, you know, uh, when you give to support Audio Bible, some of those are going to YWAM. They're going out to the frontier. Uh, when you give to support families of martyrs, you provide so that uh, when there's an event like that, Voice of the Martyrs can step in uh just instantly and say, yes, uh, we'll, we'll provide education for your kids. We'll pay the school fees. We'll do this or whatever. So I, I like to see this as the body of Christ working together yes. and, and coming alongside of each other and helping each other. Gina and Kevin, thank you very, very much for being our guest today. Thank you for the work you're doing around the world. And uh, we encourage our listeners to pray for you guys, but even more importantly, I think, to pray for the folks who are out on the front lines sharing the gospel. That's right. Thank you. We're in this together. Absolutely. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you to our listeners on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. May the Lord continue to bless you and bless those who support you. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. My thanks to Gina Fadley and Kevin Sutter for coming back to join us again this week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. If you'd like to connect with them online, their website is ywamfrontiers.com. That's ywamfrontiers.com. And again, let me remind you that if you missed the first half of our conversation with Gina and Kevin, you can go online to vomradio.net and listen to last week's episode as well as all the other episodes of VOM Radio. You can also access each week's show as a podcast through our website, vomradio.net. Several months ago, we had the chance to talk with some co-workers of Gina and Kevin in the YWAM church planting effort. Brian and Louise Hogan served on the front lines of church planting in Mongolia, they saw God work in amazing, miraculous ways. Some of the same exciting things that we talked about this week with Gina and Kevin. But Brian and Louise also experienced suffering and terrible loss, even burying their infant son in Mongolia. I hope their firsthand account will help you pray for YWAM church planners around the world, those that Kevin and Gina lead. Uh, Brian and Louise are involved in training some of them. So let's listen again to part of our conversation with Brian and Louise Hogan. 
God led our team to a city called Erdenat, which was um, uh, the third largest city in the country of 70,000 people. But there were absolutely no missionaries working there, and there'd been no breakthrough yet. Um, so in short-term trips that our partners took up there in the beginning of uh, 1993, 14 teenage girls gave their lives to the Lord. And uh, we began to work with them. Uh, all of the churches in Mongolia in the early 1990s were youth groups. Older people weren't um, committing to faith yet. A lot of it had to do with uh, being really burned by communism, which foreigners had brought and everything, and, and really looking for something that was identifiably and verifiably true. And they just they weren't looking for the next new thing. They were, they were gun-shy. And so um, we started working with the young people God gave us, and they grew, rapidly, we formed them into small, simple house churches that met in living rooms. And very rapidly, these girls learned to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, and which is what discipleship is all about. And they began to win their friends to Christ. And these groups grew and multiplied. They had to multiply if we were going to keep them small and simple. And um, so very, very quickly, this church grew. By the first year, we were 120 baptized believers. And... Um, it continued to grow like that, um, rapid kind of exponential growth, um, but really among this one sector of society. And it wasn't until April of 1994, a year and four months after the church had been born, that um, signs and wonders broke out through a visiting short-term team. And that was what the older people had been waiting for, really seeing God show up and make his name great and prove he was who we had been saying he was. It was the one-two punch of hearing good news, but really seeing, oh my gosh, God is here to touch my needs, my neighbor's needs, things that I've never seen touched before adequately by the Tibetan Buddhists, by the shamans, by anybody else. And this penetrated down to the deepest levels of the Mongolian soul. You talked about the people having kind of been burned by communism. Uh, what was their spiritual state uh, after 70 years of, of communist oppression? Well, almost every Mongolian was a scientific atheist, uh, self-identified. <laughs> Saying that, it's important to realize that was just a veneer um, because the communists hadn't touched the deepest levels of the Mongolian soul. So um, we were told right when we arrived, other missionaries had already figured out, every one of these Mongolians is an onion. The outer skin is uh, Soviet atheism. Underneath that is um, Tibetan Buddhism, which had only been around since the 1500s, 1600s. So it was younger than Lutheranism in Germany. It's not the national religion. Um, and, but underneath that, underneath a layer of Tibetan Buddhism, was shamanism going to the witch doctor and getting your children named and cured and all these kind of things. And that wasn't even the core. That was introduced from other Altaic societies. What the core was was um, what we call animism or the worship of inanimate objects. And that was, that was all the way down to the middle. That it described what they, how they would answer the question, what is real? And if um, Jesus's church was going to have any kind of a lasting impact on Mongolians. They didn't need another skin plastered on their onion. They needed a change at that core level. You mentioned that, that signs and wonders came and God really did some amazing things. Tell us some of those stories, some of the things okay. that God did, because well, I, 
I think there are some pretty mind-blowing things. We had um, actually two things happen at the same time. God did a, a miracle. We'd been calling out, please rescue us from this half a youth group. We had almost all teenage girls at this point. And um, what happened was he led us through a whole series of really questioning and interviewing Mongolians, exit interviews at the Jesus film. He led us to make the very difficult and, and controversial decision to change God's name in Mongolia. A Bible translator had, um, had translated the New Testament. We had that right when we went in, but we didn't know that he had made up a name for God. He had constructed one that no Mongol was familiar with. And so the older people were kept saying, it sounds like science fiction. It's just not true, is it? When they'd see the Jesus film, they'd compare it to Terminator or something like that. They'd go, well, that was a good movie too. And um, we said, no, this one's true. And they'd go, come on. And it turned out this name for God just sounded as strange to the Mongolian ear as calling God the force would sound to you or I. And we, we made the difficult decision that in Erdenat, because we were so far away from all the other missionaries, all the other church plants, we could try something out. And we changed God's name to the Mongolian name for God, Borchan. This is the same uh, word that Genghis Khan would have used when he said to, uh, you know, asked people to send missionaries uh, to teach them about God, the one true creator God, but also a little idol sitting on your cupboard. That is a generic term. It means God. And so we decided to use this and explain who Borchan was. And we asked our believers from now on in public po- proclamation, please use Borchan. Don't use this made up word, Yurtensenitsen. And they began to do that at the exact same week that we made that change. A group of um, believers from a Bible school in Russia showed up and asked if they could minister in the community under our direction. They began to pray for sick people, and signs and wonders broke out. And people were so astounded, and they're saying, who's doing this? That was the major question of the crowds of people to the young Mongolian girl who was translating. And she out of, out of route memory, she started to say it's Yurtensen, and she caught herself and she said, Borchan is doing this. The, the Gansun and Borchan, the one true God, has shown up here in Erdenet, and he's doing this through his son, Borchani Hu Yesus, his son Jesus. And everything changed in that moment. The lights went on for the first time in Mongolians over the age of 20, and they swarmed into the church. That was Brian and Louise Hogan talking about planting the church in Mongolia. You can listen to our whole conversation about their experiences in Mongolia at vomradio.net. If you go to vomradio.net, just type Mongolia into the search bar. It will take you right to the episodes that uh, we had with Brian and Louise. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Thank you for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us and share your feedback about this week's program. You can do that at vomradio.net, or you can call our comment line toll-free at 1-800-757-5069. Feel free to share comments about the program, share what impacted you, or even ask a question that we can answer on next week's episode of VOM Radio. You can give us your feedback online at vomradio.net, or by calling us toll-free, 1-800-757-5069. There's also a link at vomradio.net to sign up for Voice of the Martyrs' free monthly newsletter so that you can stay up to date with what is happening with our persecuted family around the world, as well as learn how to be an encouragement to them and how to pray for them. You can also give online to provide things like Bibles and the radios that Kevin talked about this week. 
Connect with us online at www.vomradio.net. Thank you again to Gina Fadley and Kevin Sutter for being our guests, and I hope that you've been encouraged about what God is doing around the world, about the part that you can play in that. And I hope also you've been challenged to pray for church planters, pray for those who are taking the gospel on the front lines around the world. Thank you for being with us. We will be back next week, and I hope you'll join us on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. <laughs>